0: My name is Travis Hillman, and you're listening to me on Above and Beyond.
1: Hi, all. It's Mike Myers with another episode of Above and Beyond brought to you by the Re-Engineering Australia Foundation, where we strive to engage, inspire, and educate students, teachers, and industry about the career pathway options that exist in the fields of science technology, engineering and maths. We're driving to create the next generation of innovators who will build Australia's economic future. But to achieve this goal, it's essential that we have students engage with industry as much as possible before leaving school, both as a method of building their career knowledge and to simplify their transition to the world of work. A transition which should be driven by the passions and skills of the student rather than being a somewhat last minute and random decision process. Our guest today works for a company which has taken on to design and build our largest ever defence infrastructure project. Travis Hillman is the Talent Acquisition Specialist at the Naval Group, a French company who will lead the Future Submarine Project. It's a project that will span 50 plus years and will require the development of a wide range of skills and new industries to bring the project to fruition. Travis's task today is to bring us up to speed on the career opportunities which will exist in this project and the broader defence industries in general. Welcome, Travis. Thanks, having me, Mike. My pleasure. So to start, what's your background and how did you become the Talent Acquisition Specialist, which I think is a great title?
0: Yeah, it's a good question, Mike. I have been in the recruitment industry and our talent acquisition role sits within our recruitment team at Naval Group Australia, but I've been in the industry itself for over 13 years now. I finished high school, spent some time deliberating over what I would do when I left school, and at that point, educating, you know, furthering my education into tertiary or a trade qualification wasn't something that I felt destined to make a, a decision on at the time. So went after craving some life experience and some hands-on work experience and other things that helped me sort of personally develop, traveled, went overseas, lived and worked in in various countries and came back with a sense of interest in working with people. It meant that I ended up in in the recruitment industry. I actually called a recruitment company at the time and looking for a job myself in in a particular industry that they were working in and and they said, why don't you, you come and work for us instead? So my background has been within various sectors of recruitment, specialising from a manufacturing or, or logistics perspective to a white-collar field of of engineering um, in the resources and mining sector, and now um, working for Naval Group Australia, specialising in, in what is largely a, a design and build undertaking of a submarine or a fleet of submarines, but our business has many jobs, many requirements and many opportunities and been lucky enough to, to recruit in, in all areas of our business since joining Naval Group.
1: I noticed in your, your resume, you talked about Randstad and, and a lot of the f one school students would understand that because Randstad and Williams Formula One actually had a cadetship program for students who went through the world final and, and give them experience with uh, Williams Formula One. So a lot, of, a lot of students know about the whole process of talent acquisition. I think it's a of interest to a lot of kids.
0: And and Randstad was a company that really kicked off my career as um I was I was with Randstad at the time that they formed the new partnership with the Williams Racing team and they're involved in Formula One as an elite sport. It was for me working with Randstad at the time, it, it was a realization that the synergies of two businesses like that were focused on that sort of innovative technology advanced, striving to sort of drive high performance through people and to be in a company that looked to pair themselves or partner with the with business that, that was aligned to those initiatives was something that was quite inspiring. I had some personal interest in, in F1 as a, as a kid growing up and to sort of end up you know, with a company like Rancid at the time that they aligned to Williams was also quite a fun thing to be inspired by.
1: You don't tend to put employment roles with Formula One, but in a sense, they are looking for the best of the breed all of the time. So there is a real link up there. I saw that Williams and the Ranch said people working together and they got a lot out of it, I think.
0: Through my career, that avenue of technical recruiting has always been something that is that is interest myself. I'm not an engineer myself. I'm not someone that is sort of across a lot of the, the sort of technology that someone, an engineer, might be working on and within a racing team, but working in the recruitment field, you generally have these sort of tangible assets that can find the best talent or the best experience and the the most aligned to a particular uh, role or responsibility. And the more technical that is sometimes, the funner it is as a recruitment task to be involved in.
1: I must ask, where did you go to school? I get everyone to tell me that.
0: I grew up in Adelaide in South Australia and went to Blackfriars Priory School in education that offered me everything that I needed to. I was big into my sport and like I said, it, it's a community that I'm still involved in to this day, um, an old scholars community that I still feel connected through my current local football club. I reflect back on, on fond times in, in school, that's for sure.
1: For the uninitiated, who is Naval Group? Naval Group is a defence prime
0: that produces pieces of equipment for the defence forces around the world particularly Naval Group Australia, is the subsidiary set up underneath our parent company operating here in Australia to deliver the future submarine program. So the next fleet of submarines, our attack class submarine, will be delivered by Naval Group as a company. Back in France, we, we have a parent company with over 400 years of, of naval shipbuilding experience, but particularly 100 years of submarine design and build experience. So Australian arm of that business has been set up to deliver the Royal Australian Navy with their next fleet of submarines.
1: So Naval Group's a French company, I would imagine it's very similar to Talus. there's a lot of Talus operations here and they tend to have uh, their fingers in many parts of defence. Is Naval Group going to be focused just on the submarines to start with or are you going to stretch out into other areas?
0: For our operations in Australia, the focus is, is quite singular to deliver on the next fleet of submarines for the Royal Australian Navy. Certainly proud to be partnered with the Australian government as the preferred international partner to design and build these submarines. And it, it's going to take a lot of focus, the construction and delivery of these submarines, a highly complex task and one that provides a huge amount of work to deliver against. When we say we're a business just designing and building some submarines, that's no mean feat. It's a program of work that will span over about 50 years. It will involve thousands of individuals working directly with our business and, and indirectly in areas of our supply chain and other businesses you know, working in conjunction with our delivery. A single program company focused solely here in Australia on, on submarines, our parent company has a far and wide range of experience back in France that we rely on as well.
1: You once explained to me that a submarine is probably 100 times more complex than an A300 a- A380 Airbus and they are very complex in themselves.
0: It's interesting, I've spent the last few years looking after our engineering recruitment and it's a great debate which is more sort of technically complex. The, the complexities of a submarine or a or an aero or a, a spacecraft. Yeah, I'm not sure anyone on either side of that coin has ever won that argument. But what I will say and comment to say that it does feel like something that engineers and people that are interested in technical pieces of technology is that this is about as, as good as it gets. We feel like that we are, are part of an industry, a part of a piece of technology. Debate of what is more technical or what is more advanced. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a never-ending argument. It's about as good as it gets in terms of reaching the top of your field and being involved in it. And a really cool piece of equipment
1: a submarine is basically a floating city when i'm talking to kids i talk to them about creation or design of submarines like even going to design melbourne or sydney in a sense you've got to build in every single thing that exists in a city you've got to build in this tiny little space and have it travel and stay underwater and do all those things
0: an underwater well. anything that you need to do above water and and on land you essentially need to do whilst you're out at sea and not only out at sea below the surface when you think about the, the complexity of engineering challenges that come with a you know an underwater world out there trying to live, deliver against what you need to, deliver the function that it needs to the navy and a whole range of complexities that go around having a, a crew on board. It's a never ending task, sort of define everything from an engineering perspective and to deliver against that of, of what we need to sort of produce as an end product.
1: I think with sinking of Indonesian submarine a week ago really highlights how complex it is and how difficult an environment it is to work in.
0: It's such a a tragic event that being involved in a, a program of this nature but a piece of equipment like this you really are aware of what can go wrong but how serious you need to take that the design process, the safety in design, everything uh, that needs to be considered really is something that needs to be taken um, with the utmost seriousness because this is a, a complex piece of equipment that sits underwater that has members of the Royal Australian Navy um, on board.
1: I think that highlights that not only do, does the design process require that, that level of focus and design excellence, if you term, but even all of the trades that go into build it, it's just as important for every one of them to put the same amount of effort into uh, creating a perfect product
0: and the synergy between those two departments in our business is really important. Whilst we are in a design phase as it stands at the moment, and most of the students that have participated in the F1N schools will understand that you go through a different phase of a project. We're in our a- design phase at the moment but as we enter through various stages and and more complex stages of that design phase our build phase will commence and that requires that trade workforce to have that sort of synergy that link and that understanding of how something was designed why it was designed and and how that then needs to be built and the communication and the understanding of each side of that coin is something that really critical to the success of a, of a delivery of a product. The same way in delivery of, of an F1 vehicle in the competition is, you know, you, you go through those different phases and at different phases you have different areas of focus. So um, certainly for us down the track, our trade workforce will be critically important to building our submarines.
1: So what's the size of the naval group here in Australia now and what's it going to grow to with this project?
0: 275 staff here in Australia at the moment. 275 staff we have split over two offices. We have a a base in Keswick and and a base at Port Adelaide. Shipyard will be down at Osborne and is in sort of current phases of construction to the end point of our business we will sit at about 1,700 direct staff working with our business here in Australia. So uh, 275 staff today growing to 1,700 staff through the course of the next number of years. For the next generation of individuals and students interested in our industry, there is a huge amount of career opportunities to come and help us uh, design and build this fleet of submarines.
1: Your 1,700 people would also have another Two or 3,000 or more people in ancillary businesses and industry supplying data and information and equipment for you as well, wouldn't you?
0: Absolutely right, Mike. Probably more broadly, it's accurate to say that the Australian shipbuilding industry will grow considerably over the next decade. And there's been a great investment made by federal government in defence capability. And what we get to be a part of as someone personally in the industry myself is the economic benefit to that, the job creation, the career opportunity, and not only for individuals that are working for companies like Naval Group or companies like BAE that are doing the future frigates or or Lursons or the shipbuilder looking after the offshore patrol vessels. It's the indirect opportunity that exists within their supply chain. So the local manufacturing businesses, companies that will also supply into the, to the companies delivering these major defence programs. Our broader shipbuilding industry is something that's great to be a part of. And it's great to sort of participate in initiatives and things as a, as a recruiter within this business to try and motivate students and that next generation to, to see a future for themselves in the shipbuilding industry and the opportunities that have been created here in South Australia, but more broadly nationally as well.
1: Shipbuilding, people probably think of it as being a specialized sort of industry, but in a sense, as you're building floating or sinking cities, everything that you do applies from electrical and plumbing and all the other services and communications all that kind of stuff would apply anywhere in the community, particularly Australia, because we really are a land of little submarines all around the country, little towns and little communities and there's lots of applicability
0: a lot of people say to us, I, I don't know much about submarines. I've never worked on a submarine before. I've never built a submarine before. I've never designed a submarine. And whilst that may be true, that the submarine is full of technology that exists on many other things. So a lot of individuals that are interested in submarines, but might assume that it's a, that it's a bit too complex, or they may not have the right experience, or they, they didn't select the right subjects in school, or study the, the right sort of tertiary path thereafter. There's a lot of transitional skill sets that can end up working on a submarine. And for a business that builds submarines. I guess my example is is probably as good as any. I did I knew very little about submarines before I joined Naval Group. I knew what it took to be a good engineer and I knew what, what was required in terms of finding an engineer, you know, from a recruitment perspective. And then applying that to our industry. What I tended to learn through that process was many engineers sort of professionals of, of different industry, where, whether it be through procurement or a HR department or our engineering department, our export control department, all of them could bring something different to the table from other industries and apply it to a, a business that was building submarines. So it can be very easily to assume that submarines might be a bit too complex or a bit hard to, you know, you don't have enough experience, but that's completely the opposite of, of what exists.
1: What came to mind to me just then was that you are talking about that and the implementation of solar energy and renewables and things. I mean, a submarine lives on its batteries, in a sense, it's just like any town. So there's a whole lot of things that students can learn about energy and usage on a submarine that would apply to any community anywhere in the, in the country.
0: We rely on those specialists. So the specialists that come from other industries that might be expert in batteries or in HVAC systems or in electrical systems, they are experts in those systems and in that technology. It's not the technology of, of exclusively just a submarine. It's the technology behind that that is is put into the submarine that they are the experts of, which is why we're able to transition a lot of people from other industry into this program for the first time. And whilst we need a huge amount of experience for people that have designed and built a submarine previously. We certainly have that in our French parent company and we have the expertise that we are transferring from France out to Australia. So it does allow us to bring in various sort of subject matter experts in the actual technology themselves and apply it to to the submarine environment.
1: New submarine would require a whole lot of different skills and that would vary from trades right through to typical engineering professional skills. But If we think about the population in general, we're all getting more educated and the necessity to have a degree to follow a career or become good at something in life is not as important as it used to be. A skilled tradesman, particularly on a project like this, are worth just as much as anyone else. Is that a fair comment?
0: I think that's fair to say and we need a mix of people for our business and a program of this size, 1,700 staff, requires a diversity of experience and education and sometimes that education can be a trade sometimes that education can be high school sometimes that education can be a traineeship that, that we would offer or a graduate program and some of them are, are more formal bachelor qualifications but it is a fair comment to say and speaking to someone that and came from a non-traditional educational sort of pathway since leaving high school and I you know chose sort of more professional personal development along that journey and My skills are required within this business, the same as other skills are required with a more technical capacity, the same as project management skills are required, the same as um, understanding how to commercially buy something and negotiate or or manage a contract, the same way as engineering skill sets are required. There's a vast array of skills. Trades is, is, again, another significant piece of that puzzle. And whilst there are sort of traditional trade paths as well, there's also the ones that come from those individuals that have purely had hands-on experience. It's probably diversity of experience that really is, is pulling this sort of business and its capability together, more so than just a traditional educational pathway.
1: From a student perspective, given that you're the talent acquisition specialist, where do things like passion fit in the process of selling yourself to a company like Naval Group?
0: Passions are a hugely important thing to help guide some decisions that you might make early in your career. And it allows you to demonstrate who you are as an individual by demonstrating the various passions that you might have had through the course of your high school years. The same challenges exist. Employers want individuals with experience, but they also want to invest in people that have passion for the industry that they are considering. That's, I think, where the programs like F1 in schools, subs in schools play a critical role in being able to demonstrate to industry and to a prospective employer in the coming years or as you're ready to sort of look for your, your first job is to say that you've got passion in an industry that is shared by that employer is a way to sort of demonstrate or highlight that you're someone that that company would like to invest in. That you're someone that is proud of what they've achieved or proud of the passions that they have and are really driven by sort of career decisions in and around that. And that's not necessarily about having to demonstrate experiences in X, Y and Z. It's to say that they sort of have a passion or a dream and that's what interests them and and that's what's going to make them a good employee moving forward.
1: So in preparing for that first interview, when they come to uh, see if they can get themselves a career in Naval Group, what kind of advice would you say to students?
0: I think students need to prepare and do their research. It's not to say that a company expects a student, be that someone that's being interviewed for an apprenticeship, a traineeship, an entry level or graduate position to have all the answers, but be prepared to ask some questions, be prepared to demonstrate your knowledge of what that company does and be prepared to arrive and to learn a little bit more around the individuals, the work, the opportunities that exist. Many times you can end up meeting with a a prospective employer or a recruiter and probably sell yourself short on the the passion that you have or the, the knowledge that you have or the preparation that you have done. And the best way to sometimes demonstrate that is when an interview is is occurring. To be ready to ask some questions and, and take some stuff away from it yourself. It's not always about prospective employer or the recruiter themselves asking all the questions. The individual themselves wants to probably learn more about that company whilst they are there and having some prepared set of questions to bring to that scenario, but we'll, we'll allow them to leave with a bit more of a sense of understanding, but also demonstrate that they've arrived prepared and, and ready to get to know the company a bit more.
1: Given that, whether it's F1 or subs or space or whatever that we do, we're driving to, to get students to develop employability skills, communication, collaboration, teamwork, innovation, all of those kinds of things. How do they play out in the eyes of a employer as being of value?
0: in those programs and understanding the programs from from the knowledge I have of them the the structure of the team and how the teams come together with a, a graphic designer or a marketing specialist and then there's a project manager looking after the schedule and then there's a, a manufacturing manager that's looking after the build phase and there's a design manager looking um, working on the, the, the CAD design process. Those roles within that dynamic are really important because it allows the students to get a bit of an understanding around what task or what role within industry and a company like Naval Group or a company like BAE or any other company, but particularly a company that's doing something similar in the STEM world or an engineering sort of task of which they're currently partaking in. Think about what they enjoyed about it. Did they actually enjoy doing the technical aspects of the modeling work or was it the actual build phase that they really enjoyed and actually working with their hands and actually building the product or was it the schedule or the project management, or was it the general people management, the associated marketing task, or the presentation that they really enjoyed? And I think that can be a, a good way to sort of steer them in themselves in the right direction to say, and I think I have a passion for this. But also I enjoy these two or three aspects of it. They can really sort of help individuals decide which way they want to sort of steer their, their career and early, early decisions from there.
1: You just lead to a question I was about to ask you because I think if you're going to give a student advice about choice of choosing a career, you've really gone over a lot of the reasons. It's about choosing something that you really like and really enjoy.
0: It's what drove me. And I I think you only learn that sometimes in your career in in retrospect. As you gain more experience, you probably realize what you enjoy a, a little easier than when you're starting out. When you're starting out, you probably need to grab whatever experience you get offered. But if you've got a sense of passion and pride attached to that to begin with, it might mean that that learning curve of finding something that you love doing occurs a lot quicker in individuals that are sort of clear on some of their passions to begin with. The many opportunities that exist in our industry and, and other industries, again, I think it comes down to a level of sort of research and understanding and looking at how if you enjoy doing it when you're not paid to do it, then the chances are if you can find an industry that will pay you to do something that you enjoy, that it is something that you'll stick to for your, for your whole life. I guess that's the exciting thing about working with a business like Naval Group in an industry that we're in. We've got such a long program of work and such a huge amount of work to do. It's great to be able to sort of understand what someone is good at, what they enjoy doing and, and the application of that into various departments that we have we're not just an engineering company or a, a trade-based company building submarines. There's a there's a whole remit of jobs behind that as well that keep our business supported and, and operating. So it is exciting to actually work with individuals or people that are interested in our business and aligning those nicely is always rewarding when someone finds their, their perfect job in their career.
1: So you're really saying that working a, on a project like this or a company like Naval Group, it's really a career journey they're going to take on. It's not a job that they'll apply for. It's a whole series of things that will actually continue continue to teach them and all that they'll learn from and work with people the whole time?
0: People want different a range of experiences in their life. And I think students today probably don't need to know all the answers. And that's the important thing to sort of, I, I think I learned through phases of my career is that sometimes you worry about knowing what you're going to do for the next five years. And I think in a program of work, that we get to work on at Naval Group. We've got 50 years of work ahead of us. We've got a business that's got a highly complex task attached to it in designing and building submarines. And within that, we've got opportunities that are quite varied. Individuals can start in one position, grow professionally, gain new experience and maybe move into a different position within the same company or or still attached to the actual work of of building a submarine. And I think that's the exciting part about our program is that an individual can, you know, join in an entry level scenario of a traineeship or a a graduate program or a a trade, be it in a heavy fabrication cheap metal, electrician, whatever that trade might be, really develop up into something that retains their interest and really develops them professionally over the years that they stay that journey and go on that journey with the companies. We always laugh at the fact of how long it's going to take to deliver these submarines and the age that we might be when the first one goes in the water and the second one goes in the water and the third one goes in the water and and i think that's a really exciting and enticing thing for students is to think you know by the time they finish school make some extra educational choices or decisions on how they want to spend those first few years out of school once they've graduated or if they move into a trade or apprenticeship before then that you know you can go off and get those experiences and this industry and the role of building submarines will still exist here for 50 years, and they can come and join that journey along the way in a number of years' time as well. So it is exciting that this sort of shipbuilding industry is off the ground and this sort of investment has been made into the jobs and careers of opportunity, because I think young people and students that are interested in it will really benefit from sort of making some decisions to sort of steer their career into this world down the track.
1: I'm going to ask you a somewhat of a loaded question, only from an educational perspective, You're talking about people who are going to transition through a whole series of different roles through an organisation. Would it be fair to say that communication skills and your ability to solve problems are really underlying all of that and and if you get good at those then it's quite easy to transition from one role to another role? I think
0: there's a lot to be said around some of the softer skills that are attached to individuals. The education department and the the education sector, the tertiary sector on a whole is brilliant at what they do. They are brilliant at educating young minds and getting them ready for industry. And I guess it's an easy choice to make. You've got an education department or a tertiary system that could take a young mind or a student's interest in something and develop that even further. And so that's quite an easy path for a student to take that is interested in that journey. Employer needs to try and separate those individuals. And sometimes that is the softer skills. That is the life experience. That is the stuff that sort of separates them. One student from another is... The well rounded nature of what they're interested in, what drove them to do that, what drove them to sort of participate in that program or that activity or that competition. And you, you probably don't think about it at the time. Um, I, and I know I didn't personally either. I left high school, decided to travel, was sort of 18 years old, and backpack around the world and lived and worked in the UK and the USA and and it wasn't until afterwards that I reflected to think that oh actually that was where I developed some really good soft skills and that's where I developed some life experience that's really valuable in the role where I work with people now it's quite good to reflect back to think that you know you do learn through all aspects of your life but it's probably the soft skills that you learn along the way that become really valuable when you actually start working.
1: If you were talking to the younger version of you, being back at school, what advice would you give to yourself about how you should study or focus when you're at school?
0: If I was to sort of talk to myself again, perhaps I would say, be an electrical engineer or a mechanical engineer and go and learn how ships are designed, because I, I guess for us, those skill sets are going to be hugely critical to our business moving forward. I think about my younger self and being hands on and wanting to just get out and get working, and I think. The apprenticeship scenarios are really, I guess, brilliant for for individuals that want to sort of just get working and start earning some money and start learning a trade. I think there is a huge scope of opportunity for individuals. It can be a stepping stone onto greater things in life. So speaking to my younger self, I would still say follow your passion, follow your instinct. You don't need to, I guess, know all the answers to what you want to do over the next five years right now, but focus on what you're doing in present. Focus on the subjects that you are studying. Focus on the exams that you do have. Give yourself the best opportunity to make whatever choice you want moving forward. If you feel a bit lost in terms of not knowing what you're going to do when you grow up so to speak make sure that you you don't remove any choices from yourself so just try and stay focused on what you're presently doing give yourself the best chance to to make whatever choice that you want down the track and those subjects can be very different for for different individuals so again if it was a, a subject choice so think about what you're what you're passionate about and what you're going to be what, what industry that might interest you the most moving forward and look at the pathways and the documents There's a lot of documents online that are really good. If you have a a general interest in submarines and you like being good with your hands and you think that it might be a trade, there's plenty of documents online that can sort of steer some of those choices in the right direction of where you should be investing your energy into which subjects. So TAFE SA and and the Naval Shipbuilding College have put together some great documents on that front to really sort of map career pathway opportunities pitched at at a... grade 9, grade 10 student making those sort of critical decisions for the future years and where that would lead them.
1: So if they're interested in career with a naval group, where should they start from finding more out about the naval group? Just off your website or are there other things that they can hunting be hunting for?
0: Our website is a great starting point of information and it provides some context around early career opportunities, future apprenticeship and traineeship opportunities and and it is where probably the platform we use to sort of update that information regularly. LinkedIn is another great medium for people from a social media perspective and we're also active on Facebook. So we like to keep the general public and community updated with what we're doing but you know on our website On our careers page, you can set up some job alerts and some information on there that allows you to sort of receive an email and keep informed on what's coming up with this business moving forward. And that might be something that you sort of revisit in two or three years' time or 12 months' time. But our careers page on our website is a great
1: starting point. My experiences in trains, planes and automobiles, a submarine was always the the big project you'd love to work on because there's so much stuff in it our last podcast was with tim mcdonald who just came back from the mariana trench and he inspired me about some of the stuff they'd done. I mean, it's a tiny little submarine that went down 11,000 meters, and that was just a staggering bit of engineering. And I think that similar complexity exists in a much larger scale with a submarine. And I think you've got a fantastic future to get involved in design of submarines or design build. It's wonderful.
0: I listened to the podcast as well, Mike I thought it was great. they certainly inspired by Tim and his story, and, and I think I feel the similar sense of pride and inspiration in the business here. And and I know that's probably a little bit of a corny thing to say, but this business and its capability and what we're doing is is just a really impressive thing from someone that's a recruiter that just enjoys finding the right people for our business and giving them a job. I am sort of inspired daily with capability within our business and the experience of individuals their their level of knowledge and passion for what they do. It's really cool. Submarines are really cool. And there's a lot that is unknown about submarines, about the actual technology, and they, they feel really complex and hard to grasp for some people. But I guess for students out there, if they take away anything from from today, it's to, to be inspired by something that you do think is really cool. And I guess as a recruiter working in Naval Group Australia, I think submarines are really cool, and I always encourage a lot of people to come and join us if if they've got an interest in it.
1: Travis, I think that's been absolutely wonderful information you've given us. Inspired me to also uh, get close to submarines again, and I did actually work on the Collins remotely, but the whole concept of designing something as complex as that has just been absolutely wonderful want to work on.
0: You know, when this business puts its first submarine in the water, I think we all sort of have that that sort of sense of pride to to what's been achieved and certainly excited about challenges that come with that and and building our workforce that we need. Sense of pride is is something that is sort of ingrained in individuals as soon as they have a touch point on, on, on this industry, it seems. So be able to sort of share that with more people. I have a great job.
1: Well, thank you again. Maybe a bit further down the track, we can have a chat about some specific careers.
0: I'd love to provide a bit more information. Some of our entry level trade and engineering opportunities coming up are are really exciting, and I'd be more than happy to provide some information even when they need it.
1: Thanks very much again, Travis. Thanks, bye. Bye.